I'm doing all the stuff, right? And like constantly coming up against the same issue and over and over again and feeling like, what am I doing wrong? Leave hey. it in. Leave it hey in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. We have an amazing guest on the show today, Victoria Moretti. She is a dating coach, and we have such an amazing conversation about um, why <laughs> some of us, uh, quote, uh, pointing fingers to me, <laughs> um, keep attracting and are attracted to emotionally unavailable partners. Mm -hmm. So it's actually really an interesting conversation. And um, I get a little emotional. I was going to say like, this is always, it's always a good episode when like you get real and raw and vulnerable. And that happens in this interview in a really kind of beautiful way. And our guests responds in this awesome, helpful way, right? Yeah. I feel like the last two episodes have just been kind of off the wall. Just like, whatever. This is who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, so we're going to keep this intro kind of short. And then I had a couple things happen to me this week that Mm. I'm excited to process and share. Um, So we'll do that next week. So make sure to tune in next week. It's... You're, it's great. It's, it's, it's wild. (laughs) (laughs) But the good news is I'm okay. I didn't uh, spiral into a depression. So good for you. Much better than, you know, past situations. Yeah. Yeah. So some housekeeping stuff. We've got the Patreon. Uh, Make sure to support us. We've got some new subscribers. Thank you guys. It's $3 a month. You can always make a custom pledge. You're going to go to patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Make sure you include the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then um, we've got three amazing sponsors for the show. We've got VFresh um, taking care of your vaginal care. Um, We've got Ioba Toys taking care of your orgasmic care. Sure. (laughs) And we've got Tushy taking care of your butthole. Yeah. So uh, you can also support the show by purchasing product Go to www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com um, and all of the links are right on the, the homepage. So you just scroll down and you can kind of click and it'll take you, it'll show you the codes and it'll take you to the websites and everything. Absolutely. And then last thing is subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Yes. Tell yeah. a friend. We appreciate all your support for the show in any of those ways. So. Absolutely. Okay. So really quick updates. Yeah. I think my update is just I had two interesting male experiences this week. Your update is basically like a teaser for next week. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sorry, you guys. I hate to do that to you, but also it's kind of fun. And it'll give me, I think it'll give me more time to process it too. That's good. So we can spend more time next week really talking about it. You're also headed to West Hollywood right after the show for a really fun brunch. So yeah, meeting up with two of my new friends. Um, And yeah, so I'm excited. You're all dolled up. I am all dolled up. That's why I'm like running late and this intro is super short. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. What's going on with you? Um, I mean, my work life is still like super stressful and I am, I have a recommendation for people. Okay. 
there's um, if you like the full interview is on YouTube, but it's Tim Ferriss interviewing Gabor Mate. I love Tim Ferriss. Yes, mm-hmm. you have to listen. It's like two hours long. Gabor Mate is this um, doctor who specializes in the treatment of addictions. He mm. he actually started in pa- palliative care, which is like making people comfortable as they're dying and there's nothing else you can oh, do. Oh, sure. Right? And um, just so Me. much. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just, you know. Um, but so much about like trauma and recognizing some of these unhealthy core beliefs from childhood. And like, he talks about this idea of compassionate inquiry and stuff like that. It's really fucking awesome. Oh, that's Everyone awesome. Should well, to I'll it. download it and listen to it on my way out to West Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, recommendation. I, did I ever talk about Ted Lasso? Not extensively. Okay. I keep meaning to watch it. I cannot recommend it enough. And the first season is just fun and exciting and it kind of sets the premise of the show the second season starts out slow and a lot of people are like i'm so disappointed with the second season but about episode four five six seven like i was crying in the last episode because Uh it it touches it actually brings like mental health into it therapy um being able to express your feelings like i i cannot it's like it is maybe one of my favorite shows that's amazing. Yeah, so highly recommend it. They're only 30-minute episodes. It's on Apple TV. If you don't have Apple TV, it's $4.99 a month. So. Yeah, or if you have some means of illegally downloading it, that's also an option. But, you know, you should also pay for content. That's probably better. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Or bum off a friend who has Yes, it. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guys. Well, I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview. We'll see you after and enjoy. Okay, so I'm excited to welcome Victoria Moretti. She is a certified dating and relationship coach in New York, um, and she helps women find love and thrive in relationships through self-discovery. And she's, we're going to have her talk about all of her things, but she does work with clients one-on-one in her Most Authentic You dating coaching program. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Leanna. Thank you, Jared. Um, Really appreciate you guys inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So I want to give the listeners a little background of how I found you and what we're going to kind of be talking about today. But um, I've been talking kind of about a little bit about this on the podcast, but mostly with Jared, um, about how I've been having some Well, okay. I made a post on Instagram that says it was a meme that I made on Twitter. And it says, why are guys in relationships more into me than single guys? Legitimately asking because I'd prefer to date someone who isn't fucking someone else. And it was like, you know, meant as like a joke, but also like, it's true. Right. In the comment below, it was like, please experts help me out here. And I got a ton of comments. Some people who have been on the podcast that we love And you commented, and I really, really connected with what you had to say. And I think it's really, it's an interesting topic that maybe doesn't get talked about a lot because it's a little taboo, Um, you you know, even admitting that you're attracting unavailable people. So, um, so that's kind of like why you're here and we're going to talk about and explore that idea. But first, I want you to just tell us who you are and like how you got into this business. 
Yeah. So I'm a dating and relationship coach. I got into this business because I myself struggled with this. I myself like was attracting emotionally unavailable partners and I had no idea why. Like even when I did this work, I like, I was like, no, no way. Like I was working every single day to like try to find my guy. Like I desperately wanted to find love. Um, and you know, when I figured this out, it was literally like mind blowing, right? Because it just felt so backwards to me, but it's literally the stuff, like the thing that made me realize like what I was doing to attract what I was attracting in my love life. And once I was able to work through that and heal that, I started just attracting higher quality partners. And so, you know, I was single in Manhattan for literally seven years, like literally dating like Peter Pan after Peter Pan, like attracting the most unavailable men ever. Um, and I was like, enough, right? Like I was so sick of it. I, it was not worth for me to experience like what I was experiencing in my dating life for one more year. So I was like, okay, I'm going to walk the walk. Like I can't complain about my dating life if I'm not willing to like change something and like figure out why I'm attracting what it is that I'm attracting. And so I got coached and I did this work and I realized like as soon as I like cleared this stuff up, I just started attracting higher quality partners. And I realized, oh my God, like no one should have to be single for seven years. Like there is a simpler way. And so that's why I got into this to say, like, I need to share these tools with everyone I know, with anyone who might be experiencing the same thing that I did um, so that they can find love in their life too. Right. It can't be, it can be simpler. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'm like also really curious about what those tools well, are. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and like we don't want to ask you to give away your, your yeah, stuff, yeah. You don't but, have to give us a coaching session. But I'm also like, so if if you can talk about like what were the things that were holding you back, and and maybe you know like not necessarily like and kind of like what it was like from before to after. Yeah, so I can absolutely talk about the tools. Um, yeah, so I guess a couple questions there. Let me start with like maybe what was holding me back, right? And so what I realized that there was like 10 different things, right? That was like really contributing to me attracting what I was attracting. And it was a whole like list of things, right? It was like limiting beliefs. I had inner children that were getting caught up in like different patterns, right? Like default patterns and cycles, right? Like even from my childhood or previous relationships that kept kind of playing out. Um, I mean, things like I was uh, an anxious attachment style, right? Like I was like very driven my career. So I was also bringing out, out like a lot of masculine energy that was like repelling like men. Um, what else? I mean, I was like, I had issues with boundaries. Like, you know, one of the biggest thing that I learned through this work is like men really value what they earn, right? Like they like women who are decisive, who know what they want, who know what they don't want, right? And can articulate that in like a simple, direct manner. And, you know, I, I had a lot of issues of like with my self-worth, right? And like trying to be like the cool girl that just kind of goes with the flow and not really articulating what I needed and what I wanted and like what I didn't want, right? In that dating process. And like once I realized all of this, right? And put it all together. And once I was able 
to kind of, you know, be in front of a guy saying like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. Or whatever it might've been. Then all of a sudden, like men like saw that, like, oh, she knows she's worthy. Right. Like she knows she's worth it. And like, I want to be like men, like a challenge too. Right. So they're like, I want to be that person that can show up for them. So for me, it was like a whole host of different things. And obviously like communication too. I didn't have the skills. Right. But when I did this work, right, like I uncovered all my blind spots, right? Because intellectually, I knew some things that I was like doing that were wrong, but I just kind of kept doing them over and over. But it was very like surface level. It was like when the stakes were high, like I still defaulted into my patterns, right? Like when you really, really like someone, right? Or when things really kind of get fuzzy, you kind of just like default into your ways, right? And so the tools that actually worked for me is to use like these science-backed tools that can actually like reroute your neural pathways, right? So once I uncovered all my blocks, like, and for instance, like inner children, right? I did the work and like incorporated somatics to heal that and transform that energy into something new and healthy. And that was going to support what I wanted to attract in my love life, right? So, you know, even if it's like a limiting belief, right? If you, if you just tell yourself, don't believe that, but then you don't know what to believe when like when you're in a scary situation, you're just going to default back to like the thing you thought before, because there was nothing there to really replace it. Right. And so I use these science back tools to kind of like reroute your neural pathways to a new, healthier way. Right. But you can't do that unless you understand what it is and why. Right. And so you know, a lot of like coaching work is to go forward to get you into what you want. But in order to do that, like, if you're exhibiting all these like default patterns, it's like, I need to understand why you're doing it. Like, where did it start? Was it from your childhood? Was it from past relationships, right? We uncover that energy that's kind of like, embedded in our bodies, right? And blocked and kind of like lodged there. We find out why that happened, what you really needed at that time and start kind of giving those like inner children love and validation so that they can properly heal, heal, right? So that there's not so much energy when they feel like they're in like similar situations, right? In current day that like remind them of like their past, um, you know, stuff that came up and were where they were really hurt or they kind of created this, this um, identity where they thought, oh, like this happened this certain way. So I guess I need to be this or do this to get love, right? Or get validation or whatever it was. And so I really do kind of the healing work with, with my clients so that we can work through that and then start developing these healthier patterns that are really going to attract what they actually want in their love life. Cause otherwise it's like these inner children, right? Like let's say it's one inner inner child that developed when they were 11. It's essentially like saying this 11 year old is dictating your love life and like attracting like the people that they want to attract if you don't solve this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So just wanted to give you a little bit of the flavor of like kind of what goes in to this work. Right. But mm -hmm. that, that's kind of the tools. Right. And 
um, that goes into kind of resolving some of all of that stuff, right? That that has really been developing and blocking us from attracting what we want. Yeah, there's a there's a there's so much to like unpack. I knew you were going to go first. <laughs> I knew you would want to go. First. Thank you, friend. Well, and, and so, you know, when you, you know, our, our listeners are like familiar with like inner child work. Right. And like okay. we and attachment style. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, we did an episode about like trauma. Right. And, and the book we drew a lot from is like the body keeps the score. Right. Yeah, and so, great book. Mm -hmm. yeah, what happened, you know, when you talk about that, you know, I, I think it's. It, it's so beneficial to recognize that when we're wounded in our young lives, like some part of us is still back there. Mm -hmm. And then like you're saying, like when you're under threat or you perceive you're under threat, like that part sort of takes over and your kind of logical adult brain goes offline. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm really curious, um, you know, because, right, the body keeps the score and you talked about somatics, right, which is kind of getting into the body related stuff of, you know, that, that sort of manifests as this inner child, like th these inner child responses. By the way, yeah. I've never heard the phrase inner children. So I'm oh. like, like, how many kids are yeah. in there? Like, I, I, like oh, they, did you take on the neighbor's oh, yeah. stuff too? Or like, I mean, I've been doing this work for years and I still uncover new ones. Right. And, and you know, some might not have so much energy like other ones. Right. But every time you have an experience that really kind of changes the way you show up, Right. I mean, every one of those events can create a new, a new inner child. Right. Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of the way that I think about it, because a lot of times it's a whole host of different things that goes into why we're yeah. showing up the way we are. Yeah. And it can be like these younger experiences of rejection, of not getting your needs met, of yeah. somebody sort of making you feel small or making you feel like your needs are too much or making you feel guilty for not meeting their needs or, you know, and these are the kinds of things that get lodged. And so when you talk mm -hmm. about somatics, I'm curious if you can expand on that a little bit. Yeah. And I really love that you brought up the word trauma because when I say trauma, I feel like it's scary. You know, maybe not scares off a lot of people, but they say, Oh, that's not me. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I haven't had this like huge traumatic thing in my life. Right. So that must not be what's going on for me. Right. But it doesn't have to be like these huge events. Right. I call it like little traumas with like a little T. Right. It's like these like really small events that compile into why, like, you know, you're showing up the way that you are. And so one of the things I do with my clients is to say, OK, take me to like you know, what you're struggling with, or maybe one person that like you really, really liked and, you know, something happened and, you know, it didn't go the way that you wanted, you know, take me back to that. What were you feeling in that moment? What, it, what is it that you were seeking that you wanted? Right. Um, and where did you feel it in your body? Right. And that kind of gives us a clue into like where that energy is stored. And so I can do the work with them to then say, okay, where, like how far back in your life do you remember having that same kind of experience, right? And having that same sensation. And like, 
of course, I said it really simply right here, right? But it's like really getting them into that energy where then like it just starts coming back to them, like where they felt it first. And then when we do that, we can start unraveling what that inner child needed at that time, what they were seeking and start healing that. Because once we heal that, then all this kind of kind of goes away. Um, and you can just kind of start calming the nervous system, right? In those moments when you remind yourself like, okay, I'm okay. This is, you know, just the inner child that, you know, wanted to be loved when she was five, right? From her parents. And, you know, I've got her, right? Like mm -hmm. she's safe you know, she can trust me. Like I've got it from here. Like I know that she's just alarming the sound bells, right? Because this feels familiar and it feels scary and she doesn't want me to get hurt again, right? How she remembers to be hurt in the past, right? And so she, she wants you to do certain things just to keep you safe, but those things aren't really those things that are going to support you to go after what you want in your life and especially in your love life, right? And so that you can do that work to start calming down that inner child once it comes up to say like, Hey, I got you, you know? Yeah. That's well, go. <laughs> like you could take over this whole interview. No, 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 go. Um, so, so Victoria, my, my, my frustration with mm -hmm. all, all of this, is and our our listeners are very well aware of my entire journey here but i feel like i've fucking done all of this like mm -hmm. i've done all of yeah. it like okay. i've i've you know i know i've been in therapy for five years i know exactly mm -hmm. why my inner child gets hurt i know how to soothe her i have done paid a shit ton of money to do a coaching program mm -hmm. i know how to you know rewire my brain with positive affirmations and how to try and you know manage and soothe my anxious attachment style and i am still attracting unavailable men yeah and i am so tired like yeah. I'm so tired and I don't understand why. Yeah, no, I, uh, I totally get that. I was also in therapy, um, before I did this work, you know, and I, I thought I was like clearing up all this stuff, right? Like, okay, now I got this. Right. But until I did this work with like a dating coach who understood like how it comes about in the dating world, like I didn't, I didn't fully kind of, latch on to like healing all the way. Right. <clears throat> so one of the things that I teach in my program is like a lot of it is like who you're being, right. And the energy that you're essentially like broadcasting out into the universe. Right. So like, if I'm out on the, on a date, right. And let's say like, I really like a guy, like they're saying all the right things, like they're doing all the right things, but like, there's like something weird about it. Like I just can't put my finger on it, but like I'm getting rubbed the wrong way. And I, I don't know why, because they're saying all the right things, right? Like that's because of like the energy that they're putting out on the date, right? And so for instance, like I'll just give an example. Like if I think, let's say like I was really hurt in a past relationship, 
and I was cheated on, right? And like intellectually, I know that I can trust men. There, like, there are good guys out there, right? And I believe that like ninety five percent of the time. But like five percent of the time, I'm still like bracing because I'm like, wait, but what if this guy is the one that's going to hurt me again, right? Like that five percent is still being broadcasted out into the universe, like on your dates and all of your interactions, right? And so you, you can start like kind of tearing away at this and like doing the work, right? But if you still have that kind of like underlying fear, like it's still coming through and it's still like repelling the good guys and like attracting the bad guys. Not only that, but like, so when I did a lot of this work, it was kind of a culmination of a lot of different factors, right? So there was a part of me that was attracting unavailable men because I had had this inner child that um, basically created a story that I wasn't lovable. And so that from then on, I started attracting unavailable men. Um, not only that, but then I got so used to kind of like the drama, right? Like because I was only interacting with un unavailable men, there was always this like hurdle to say like, wait, like I need to prove myself that I'm worthy and that I'm lovable before I can be loved. And I essentially like internalized that that is love, right? Like there has to be this hurdle. And I got like addicted to this like drama, right? And, and so I, whenever there, I was confronted with a guy who's like healthy and stable, um, I just thought there's no chemistry, right? It's too boring. It's too easy, right? And it's not that like, oh, I wanted a challenge. It was like, oh, I guess we're not a right fit because there's like not chemistry here, right? So like, for, like, I'm not saying this is what it is for you, but like just trying to give you a few different flavors of like, for me, it was like, you know, I didn't fully put down all of my walls to say, okay, if I know that a lot of our chemistry really is dictated by our previous kind of functioning, right? Then if I have an instant connection with someone, sometimes that that isn't necessarily a good thing, right? Like, oh, you know, we might just have like similar childhood dynamics that like resonate, right? And like we remind each other of like, you know, a previous identity in our life or an opposite identity in our life, right? That's really attracting that. So once I realized like, oh, okay, I have chemistry with this, per with this person, but that doesn't mean that we're like compatible for the long run, right? So then I could like start like saying, okay, I'm still gonna like get to know this person, but I'm gonna make sure they also have values and the qualities that I'm looking for in a guy to make sure that we like establish a good foundation and connection for the long haul. And then men that I like wasn't instantly attracted to, I was like, okay, let me just be curious and see if there's something there, right? Because that chemistry can develop. And it was like, okay, even if, you know, maybe I had a good time on the first date, but there wasn't like an instant fire, like giving them a second date or giving them a third date to see if it could develop. And that's when I started kind of finding the good guys that really like a good match for me. So I don't know what it is for you, Liana, um, but there could be a whole host of things, right. That are kind of going on that are kind of like mixing together. Right. 
You know, it would be interesting to like reach out to these past guys and be like, what energy was I putting off? Like, what did you like? What did you get from me? Yeah. Because I, I think, I think a, a lot of that is true for me of I am. <laughs> sorry. Like, I think I'm just so hurt. Yeah. And it was just like hurt by hurt by hurt by hurt. Totally. But I can't get out of that right now. So yeah. like, I'm, I'm trying, like I took, you know, some time off and I'm trying, but I just, I can't seem to shake, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I just don't, it makes me just not want to date really. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes complete sense. I mean, honestly, I remember that feeling like dating and being like, I'm doing all the things I'm doing all the stuff. Right. And like constantly coming up against the same issue and over and over again and feeling like, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know, like feeling it's like, like, like there's something wrong in you when absolutely that's not right. But it's like, well, what else could it be? Cause I've like tried to overturn every rock that I found. Right. Mm. And like, it makes total sense to like feel some kind of way when like you keep putting yourself out there every single day and still getting the same result. Right. So I can totally, totally empathize with that. And like, like that's how all my clients, right. Come in and say like, I've thought of everything. So, all right. Like finally, like, let's try something new. Right. And a lot of times it's just that like one little thing, right. It's like that 5% that's really going to get you over the hurdle. And all of a sudden you clear the way to find, like, I did this work and I, I was like dumbfounded. I was like, it, that like last notch, which was for me, was like boundaries. And then it was like, I just started attracting like good guy after good guy after good guy. And I felt like I could just choose. Like I just had so many to choose from. Whereas before I was like, you know, like flailing, like desperately seeking like one that I could possibly like entertain. Right. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of this work is really kind of tapping into the energy that, that you're broadcasting out because I do believe like people's intentions are good. Like they want the right things and they don't realize how they're putting themselves out there is actually coming back to them in, in the wrong way, like that they're not intending. Right. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing that because, you know, there's like so many people that are like, Oh, well, I'm like taking a break, like a break from dating. And like, like my experience was like, no, I'm like out there every single day, like putting myself out there and that's heartbreaking, you know? What? Mm-hmm. Do you have something to say? I feel like you have something. To no, say. go ahead. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you, Jared and I were talking about this before we interviewed you, but like, what, how do you like, I I'm tired of hearing like, stop dating, take time for yourself. I feel like I've done that so much, you know, like, and it's like, well, have you really done it? Have you really like, you know, major? And it's like, I I'm fine being single. I really am. Yeah. I like yeah. being single. I go travel solo. I don't mind being alone at all, but right. ultimately my desire is to have a partner. So yeah. why would I stop trying or like you said, like putting myself out there, but I don't know what, what are your views on that of like, 
it seems to be the kind of the thing in the in our culture is like, well, take time for you. You need to stop dating, kind of all of that. I don't know what it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that can be very valuable for some people, right? Like if they are grieving from a past relationship and they haven't fully felt all their feelings or grieve that fully, right? Sometimes taking some time to themselves is really going to help them to process those feelings and then catapult them to the other side, right? For other people, it's like, no, I just like, I just can't figure it out, right? Like, I don't need a break. I just like need new tools, right? And so I, I don't say that like, you need to be completely healed in order to go and like put yourself out there because a lot of times, like how we change this, um, how we show up is through action and how we learn is through action and what we, you know, how we learn what we want, what we don't want, like how to like change those neural pathways. Like it's when we get into those like scary times where shit gets real. Right. And you have to start implementing those tools um, until you're more comfortable with it. Right. And like, even putting out like for me, like my boundaries, like the first few times I did it, it was so, so scary. Like I felt like my insides were on fire, right? Like this guy's going to run away. And then I did it and I just stood there and they were totally cool with it. And I'm like, okay, life moves on, right? Like this, there, there can be a different way. And it just sounds so simple. Right. But, um, but yeah, like it's a big deal. Right. And it, it takes kind of putting things into action to really like make the change. Right. I always say like, when you're doing this work, like say no to all the things and men that are like against your vision and say yes to all the things and men that like are going to be aligned with your vision. Right. And it's like, start implementing those things. Right. Like if I'm just hiding from dating, that's not aligned with my vision to find the one. Right. But if like me not dating is like, allows me to hide from a scary feeling that I don't want to confront. Right. Like that's the problem. Like it depends on how people are kind of using that. Right. And, and that makes sense because you can't actually change the neuro pathway unless you're in, well, I mean, I'm sure you can, but like you, you have to see when you're in the situation you have to like put it into fruition almost. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and um, like, like you said, like the more you say, like something that I have done recently that I used to not really care about. I used to not really care when I slept with someone. It just, to Mm -hmm. me, to me, it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal Mm -hmm. where it's it's 2021. I'm a strong woman. I can decide when I want to sleep with someone or not. But yeah. then I had some situations where I got broken up with like literally right after sleeping with them. And so I'm just trying right now, like I'm just setting boundaries and I haven't like slept with anyone that, you know, we've like made out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it feels actually really nice. Hey, good for you. That's exciting. <laughs> That's it actually awesome. feels really nice because I, I've realized like that I didn't, I didn't trust that person anyway. Like mm-hmm. I didn't trust them. And then the following day, I didn't have the same amount of anxiety because I hadn't given them so much without like them earning my trust yet, ultimately. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a step in the right direction. Well, and like, so what I want to, what I want to validate for you and like, I I will say like, I'm, 
I'm not fixed. Like I still have a, a bunch of shit, right? Like none of us are. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I right? thought you meant fixed as in like like fixed. like like spayed or neutered. <laughs> um, but like wh- like validating what you're saying. Like what I really relate to is I could have like. 10, 15 years ago, like I could have told you all of my shit. Like, like, well, here's what happened when I was young and here when I was a teenager, like my parents got divorced and that was a really fucked up time. Like, blah, blah, blah. Right. And like, I know like my drinking probably isn't good. Like I probably drink too much. And then, you know, like, and I knew it all up here, like in my thinky brain. In your thinky brain? Yes. Okay. It's all like thinky stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's not been until like very recently that I feel like when your thinky brain is the problem, like that's what's really hard. Cause I would do the same thing that I feel like you're describing a little bit where I would be like, okay, I need to not do this pattern anymore. And then every new person that would come along, I would convince, I would be like, this time, this is different because of this, like one detail or whatever, because right. this person- You rationalize it. Yeah. yeah, has a different like, backstory mm-hmm. than the person before and blah 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 but then like the pattern would play itself out again i would be like why did i was that was stupid to think it was different it was obvious obviously the same the whole time and so for me like that to me that's i think what i hear you saying victoria as like the body work and the inner child work and the energy work is like i'm just now experiencing like feeling some stuff feeling connected to myself on like a deeper level like that's like not in the sort of like my therapist calls it the manager like where i'm always like oh like what do i need to do how is this person reacting to me and how am i going to adjust to how they're reacting to me like and like what i need to do is like get out of the manager and just like into being myself authentically and i think i got disconnected from myself so young that i don't know what that feels like or how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think like, and, and so I'm in agreement with both of you that like, you don't need to take a break from dating, you know? And in fact, trying out some of these new tools and new ways of being and putting yourself out there is an important step. I will also say that for me, some of this feeling in a very grounded way, like I'm reconnecting to myself, didn't happen for me until I got off of the roller coaster of alcohol and, you know, like not completely, but for the most part. And, you know, just, you know, this Leanna in the past, like, you know, month, two months or whatever, I've been off of the roller coaster of like dating in a way that like feels really good and really different to me than other times I've taken breaks before, because other times I was taking breaks, it was still like a strategy of the manager to like, okay, I'm going to fix this thing and then I'm going to get back out there and it's going to work. And now I feel like I actually like, I like the way I feel right now, focusing on myself, taking care of myself, nurturing myself. And I don't want to um, start like putting myself back out there and like whatever. And like, I know that that's not forever. So I, I just, all that to say, I think there's, different yeah different i mean it. i think i mean i think for like victoria and jared like what you're saying like 
some for some people taking a break is the right thing. And who knows, like I may wake up tomorrow and be like, yeah, I, I think I do need a break. Like I'm still healing from some things, you know, and I and I and I think I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. But um, but I wanted to I wanted to talk really quickly because I know we only have you for a little bit longer. But um, what why is it so going back to this, like unavailable attracting unavailable men? Yeah, I want to speak on those men to those men for a second. <laughs> Why has no one pursued me harder than married men? Like I, I'm, I'm like I have like it's multiple married men have pursued me, um, and it it is flattering if I'm being honest. I mean, it is flattering to be pursued that hard. And the only other two times that I've been pursued that hard, other than by guys that I don't like, which now I probably need to keep talking to uh, just to see, but um, were my two ex-boyfriends because I, I'm so attracted to someone who just desires me and wants me because that's, that's my stuff is, is not feeling like that abandonment kind of, and I want security. And if they like me enough, they'll never leave me. They'll be there for me. Kind of that thing. So let's speak to those men. (laughs) Why are married men out here chasing other or, or married women? I'm sure it goes both ways. I'm going to say maybe more so married men, but I don't know. We don't have statistics in front of us. Why is that a thing? Like, why are they, I don't know. I have a theory, but I want to hear Victoria first. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to, I guess, my original response to your post, right? Um, Unavailable people, right? Kind of attract people that are unavailable, right? So there's definitely something in both of you that's attracting each other, right? Or a part of you, right? It might not be all of you. Um, But I think it's a little bit different and more complicated when it is someone who is in the relationship versus the person who's single. So like, okay, well, first of all, I'm not an expert in infidelity, right? I'll leave that to like Esther Perel and all those gurus out there, right? (laughs) Because, because infidelity is really, really complicated, right? It's really psychological. It's really complex. A lot of things go out or into it. But at the same time, right, like there could be a lot of things that are coming into play. So some of those things could be things like, you know, maybe they just like they want a fantasy, right? Like they want to escape their life in some way, right? And, you know, like one of the like prime I guess like coaching tools or like theories in the coaching community is like our thoughts and beliefs um, create our feelings, which create our actions, which create our results. Right. So it's never really like the circumstance that you're in that's kind of creating whether you're fulfilled or happy or anything like that. Right. It's really like the thoughts and beliefs that you're telling yourself. And so, you know, there are those people that are like, oh, like, I'm really unhappy in my marriage. If it were just like a different person or if it were just like a different circumstance, then I would be happy. Right. And so for some of them, it's like, oh, like, okay, what if I just tried this person? Then it would work. Right. And they just keep jumping from thing to thing. 
like for some people it's like no they're like so unhappy in their life that they just like want to break right they want a fantasy they want to break from like like experiencing the pain of being themselves and in their own world um for others it's like you know there's those people that like always want a new challenge right to like feel important or feel wanted right and so you know if they're not getting that challenge anymore from like their wife or their husband like they need a new challenge to like feel validated and important and wanted right and so they're all always like constantly seeking that validation instead of like finding that or it in themselves right um you know or you know someone that like always wants the shiny new thing and then like you know i do think like sometimes it's you know i've found like and i know some people who you know they know that their current circumstance is unfulfilling and they realize maybe they're not aligned with their partner anymore and they've kind of just like given up of like trying to make it better but they stick around maybe for like their kids right and so then they rationalize that like oh well it's okay that like i go ahead and do whatever on the side because i'm being a good whatever father and just like sticking around for the greater sake of whatever it is that they're trying to project on the universe or like protect their kids from right um i won't get into whether that's actually protecting them or not right but they rationalize like why that behavior is okay so i just mm -hmm. i really think there's like a whole host of things that goes into it but yes i do believe that um you know it, it's it's they're not wholly like in integrity with like in align with their values and who they are and figuring their stuff out right and so they're going out and seeking that validation and whatever feelings that they're desperately wanting from in a marriage or whatever like in the external world yeah. right so i know that wasn't a direct answer no no i think that's really helpful i mean i think it's interesting because the you know the different instances that have happened to me you know sometimes it's i get you know i'm just not happy and we've been you know up and down for a long time or you know we're on different pages about having kids or mm -hmm. i'm really happy but i'm like super attracted to you this has never happened to me before you know i think i think i'm i'm a very like um outgoing i present myself in a very attractive and warm and welcoming way. I'm fun, I'm loud, I'm confident. And so I think part of that is if they're, I'm just exciting. And so I think that if they're bored or something's going on and then they, you know, then I'm exciting. And I, and I, and a lot of these situations have like, I'm not pursuing them. Like mm -hmm. I just say, Probably. hi. I have a conversation with them. I'm just who I am. And then it comes to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe we can talk later about what I've done with all of that. But um, but now I kind of want to like, why, why do you think that like there is a part of it of that that makes me feel special, that they would like risk everything for mm -hmm. me, even yeah. though ultimately I know that is not true. Like you said, I'm the shiny object. I'm the grass is greener. If they actually lost the stability 
they may not even want me anymore. You know, like I, I understand like deep down, I know that that's not why, I guess, why do you think, I guess this kind of goes back to me, maybe just being emotionally unavailable or giving off something that's emotionally unavailable or giving off something that I want to, that I do want to be pursued by unavailable men. I don't know what, yeah. help me. No, please. I, I mean, I think, <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. Like, thank you for being so vulnerable, like, and open. Like, that's awesome, right? Like, you were totally uncovering all the stuff and doing all this work. So kudos to you. I mean, I think, I think, like, so two things come to mind. Like, number one, like, you can be attracted to, like, single people and married people just due to, like, your upbringing, your functioning, all your default stuff, right? Like we have attraction to a whole host of different people in the world, whether they're single or not, right? And so it could be a little bit of that. Um, So it's almost like, okay, yeah, that one's married. Like who cares, right? Like you're going to attract both, right? And like some, I'm not saying this is you because I don't know enough, but like sometimes a lot of my clients will like, so like, focus on like these one this one like type of guy or pattern that's happening and the more that they focus on it like the more they see it and the more they attract it in their life right because like like what we focus on expands right and like if we're just like looking for like oh my god only married guys go for me like what the heck right we're just gonna see all the married guys right and then all of a sudden like they're in our purview and and you're gonna like pick that up but also, um, oh my gosh, what was I going to say? Like, but also it's like you, there might also be a part of you that feels safe with them. Right. So like, if you're constantly like seeking that validation, and I'm not saying that you are right. But if someone's like seeking the validation that they're good enough, that someone deeply wants them, right. Like perhaps there's, you know, there's certain people that you're like, well, the stakes are low, right? Like I feel safe with them. Like it doesn't feel risky, right? Like they're so unhappy. Like, of course they're going to love me because I'm amazing. Right. And like, it feels safe because it's like, oh, well, like, yeah, like you almost, it's like, yeah, I got this. They're going to like me. Like you have so much confidence that you're like, you know, like, you have it together, you're warm, you're like fine, you're like engaging, like you're confident woman, like you're kind of a badass in like all, like all other areas of your life. You're like, yeah, that person's going to like me, like something, you know, like something's going to happen here, right? But a lot of my clients like will feel that way with unavailable men, but then with men that are available, they're like, oh shit, right? Like, they're risky. Like if they're available, I actually have to like put down all my walls and like be vulnerable and potentially risk it all and like still be hurt. Mm -hmm. Right. So now I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't bring that same confidence. And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to like me back. Right. And it's just like bringing this like different level of energy and confidence. I don't know if that resonates or like makes sense at all, but it's like a subtlety that it's like, yeah, like the stakes are low and like, of course, this guy's gonna like me versus like, oh, shoot, like, I don't know if this guy's gonna like me. Um, and so like, you start getting like that, the, like the insides of like, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, and I think, I think also, I think that's spot on. And I think also, it's like, I already know that I'm gonna get hurt. 
Cause I'm not going to be like, I already know yes. that I'm not going to be number one, that I could get hurt, um, that I'm not going to get all of the attention. Um, and so I'm, I'm ready for it. It's like, it's yeah. like, I already, you know, versus like with the guy that like, like my ex-boyfriend who I was only together with for six months, but spent months trying to get over that was so gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. So why would I do that again? When exactly. like, I, can like just, oh. I can just be the girlfriend of this guy who's like in another relationship and that's way easier. You know, yeah. that's kind of like, I mean, I'm not saying I want to do that or will do that, but I, that's kind of like where it's like, yeah, you're right. It's like, I definitely yeah. have a guard up. And some people like find themselves in the situation too. Like, you know, they're still entertaining available men, but they're like, okay, here's this unavailable man. It's like, oh, poor them. They're so unhappy. Like, I'm just going to text with them or I'm just going to talk to them. Like, you know, because I'm bored. I don't have anything. Like, I'll still look for other guys, but like, okay, I have some time. Like, okay, like I'll just like engage. And then all of a sudden, like you actually develop feelings for them. Right. And then you find yourself in this situation, but it's like what you were saying. You're like, okay, I already know this isn't going to work. So like, it's not scary. I can just like have fun and engage and like feel the validation that I'm seeking while I look for other men. Mm-hmm. But really like your energy is being a tra- uh, trapped into that situation. And it's taking away from the energy that you could be putting into guys that are actually available. And that's what I see. Right. And I think a lot of people don't realize it's like, you know, a one, some hundred, what do you call it? One, some game, right? Like it's, there's only so much energy that can go around. And like, it's like, that's another block. That's really like getting in your way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like you've been sort of won over to dating coaching again after sort of swearing it off. (laughs) is that true maybe i mean i think i mean i i i still believe in coaching programs i just i had victoria i had a um um i guess our Mm. listeners know about it but i had i had a um experience of i got really close with my coach and then Mm. we had kind of a falling out and so it was like it was like um it was a little like it, tur- it just tainted the whole process for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah. and also like you're not in a place that you would want to be after the coaching program, which like I did like a therapy retreat like six years ago and I like paid a ton of money and I was like, this is it. Like uh, this yeah. is going to finally, like I'm investing big. I'm pushing yeah. all my chips into the middle yeah. and this is going to turn it all around. And it didn't. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> Fuck this place. Right. Everything that like gives me the same vibe and whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. but I know I totally believe in dating coaching programs. I, and be, when I did it, I, you know, there was other women in the program and I'm still friends with some of the other people that did that program with that coach and mm-hmm. they're doing awesome. And so I, it's like, you know, for some reason I'm not, but that's okay. Victoria, Victoria's here to tell me. <laughs> No, you, me- you, you, you did a full on like, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my I only did. hope. You did like a full on one of those. Um, well, and like one of the things that I dig about what you're sharing with us today, Victoria, is like really that focus on energy and and even like like the embodied parts of this. Right. Because I think there's a lot of 
programs and books and coaches that sort of say, you know, stay in this place of like, well, just tell yourself this. And then that's the answer. Right. And, and, and what I hear you saying, which I appreciate is that it's like deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I mean, I might've said this before, but like, that's why like a lot of it, like it didn't work for me doing this on my own. Like I read all the books, right. It was like intellectually, like you're saying, like I knew all the stuff I was doing wrong. I knew kind of what I had to do, but it wasn't like, like the results still weren't coming to me. Right. Until I did this deep work. And I feel like it's, it's so valuable to have someone on the other side that can see the things that you can't see. Like we can't see it all. Right. We have our blind spots. And so that coach, right. Can really kind of go through the experiences that you've been having and really dig deep into like what's actually going on and get that last, like, five or 10%. And like, I totally like understand like what you're saying about coaching or therapists. Like I started with a therapist that I, like, I never had done therapy before. So what she gave me was, I just thought was good. And then I got like a really amazing therapist and I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> there's such a big difference in like quality or just like techniques, right. That might work for someone and not. Right. Absolutely. And so and like, it's the same way with coaching. Right. And yeah. so a lot of my mentors that actually taught me this work are not only coaches, but they're also therapists. Right. And like, they have dealt with like this trauma stuff for, you know, decades. And so I've really kind of adapted kind of modalities and tools kind of from both worlds to really integrate that work such that it's not like just staying up in your head, but it's really like incorporating the whole body and, and all of that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Victoria, thank you so much for coming on. I, we yeah. want our listeners to come flood your page and reach out to you. And I know we have some female listeners who like would benefit from doing your program. So tell us all the stuff. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Um, yeah. So if people want to work with me, I do a three month uh, coaching program where they work one on one with me. Um, they can go ahead and find me on Instagram at uh, my handle is Victoria Moretti. That's M-I-R-E-T-T-I. Um, and they can also get more information on my website. So that's just victoriamoretti.com. Love it. Yay. This has been such a, a pleasure. Thank you. Victoria. No. We appreciate you. Oh my God. Amazing. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you again, Victoria, for coming on. What an amazing interview and so patient and so kind. And so like giving of her time for something she gets paid to do. Yes. Yeah. And And spoiler alert. I may or may not be doing a session with her. She reached out to me. Really? Yeah. Just like a kind of just a, a trial, see how it goes. And, I, Lord knows I need it. So, sure. um, but yeah, I'm excited about that. So make sure to go follow her, hit her up. Um, maybe ask her if you can do a session or look into her program. And we're, we're advocates for coaching programs and therapy and whatever you need to do to feel better. Absolutely. All the self-improvement work in the world. Yeah. Um, also, what is cool about our interview with Victoria and with Jamie Wood is that in both instances, when we stopped recording... We then went on to have like a really cool conversation with 100%. them afterwards. Yeah, like and they're they're just like gave up their time so easily and yeah. like yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, so, so we're 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 definitely stands of Victoria. 
hundred percent. Yep. All right, guys. We'll follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Leanna Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. Go to our website, www.hellongoodbyepodcast.com for everything links to the Patreon, to sponsors, social media, bios, and more. Um, rate, review, share, tag a friend, tag us in your stories. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.